1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Week 14 is underway with a
0: thud. The Raiders, oh, what a terrible game, and the Rams. You know, actually, to be honest with you, it was an incredibly exciting finish. And a 17-16 win for the Baker Mayfield-led Rams. But I started Derek Carr in two leagues, so I'm in a bad mood, Dave. I don't want to talk about it. Adam, Dave, and Jamie here to break down six NFC home games and last night's Crap Fest. And as you pointed out, Cam Akers outscoring Devontae Adams. OMG.
2: Yeah, get ready for an exciting week 14 if, that's, if this is the barometer in which we're beginning with for the week. Baker Mayfield was off target on 25.7% of his throws, which I think we would all expect since he's barely been with the Rams. But, man, did he make throws when he needed to make them. Uh, he he actually looked pretty dang good. Receivers made plays for him. It was incredible to watch. And and now we're at the point with Josh McDaniels where I feel like there, there there's no coming back from this. I, I don't see how he coaches next year unless the – Raiders cheap out, which given as much as they paid coaches, uh, they might do, which is an indictment on Mark Davis. But you just you think about what their year has been. They were up 23-7 going into the fourth quarter against Arizona. They lost that game by six. They got blown out by Andy Dalton. Uh, they lost to the Colts with Jeff Saturday as their head coach. They were up 20-7 to with less than a minute left in the half against Jacksonville. They lost that game by seven. They just lost last week. Uh, they're giving up. Uh, like 15 points per game in the second half. They're 10th worst. They're awful. They're not making second half adjustments. McDaniels is not doing well at all. And just a reminder, he lost 17 of his last 22 games when he was with the Broncos back two decades ago. So hmm. uh, bad times for the Raiders for sure. And bad times for everybody like you, Adam, who started Derek.
0: O'Reilly. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tell you something. I have a league, Jamie, our IDP league. I'm in sixth place. I got a one game lead on Seventh place. I'm gonna lose this week. And I have a hundred and thirty point lead over seventh place. And now I'm worried <laughs> that I'm gonna lose that I'm gonna ha- lose that gap because Derek Carr was so bad and like half my team is on a bye. But I what happened? What happened to the passing game, Jamie? I mean, I don't understand. It was such a weird, clunky, disjointed game. I don't know what the hell happened to Derek Carr. Uh, you know what was your take on that? Two points, two freaking fantasy points.
3: One of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Yeah, what um, was on, that on the in one. the red
0: zone by the goal line? What? You know, uh, he, he he
3: he looked like he thought he can get. It might have been Foster Moreau in the back of the end zone. or, no, Matt, or it was Matt Collins, Mac Collins. Um, that he thought he can make the throw, and as he's getting hit, you know, he's still throwing the ball. But it looked like he released it before he got hit, and so it was mm-hmm. weird how. Yeah it all unfolded. But I mean, that's something like you see in a, in a Sandlot game. Yeah. Um, it just, it was, it was bad. And I think part of it was like, they thought 13, three, you know, it was, it was a little weird because Jacobs had the hand injury and, and left, you know, to go get x-rays and he was clearly in pain uh, when he came back. And so I don't know if it was just like, let's just get our win and go home. And, and they stopped being aggressive. But the first play, where not the first play, but the 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 first big play to Devontae Adams, you know, it it just felt like all Adams was doing the entire game, at least for the majority of it, was just running go rounds. Like, I don't I don't quite understand like why they're not being more why they weren't being more creative and moving him around. You know, granted, you know, throwing at Ramsey's not the smartest thing, but the, all the end arounds to Mac Hollins, you know, it just was like just such a weird weird game that. It's almost—it almost felt like they—they they thought, okay, we just show up and we win because the Rams don't have anything to offer us, and then they're throwing in a quarterback that just showed up two days ago, and we should be able to just do whatever we want. It Just—it just felt like they had no, no sense of urgency, no sense of this is what we have to do. I mean, they're—they—they were. They're probably not now, but they were a playoff.
0: Contender. They were. They absolutely were. Yeah. If they—if they. If
3: they it, just, it just felt like they—they right, they just thought winning. we show up, we win because of what the Rams don't have.
0: Well, give credit to the Rams. And I think, you know, when you look at what they did to Devontae Adams, they shattered him with Jalen Ramsey. And Josh Jacobs had 27 carries. and only went for 99 yards. He did have the touchdown. So I think they tried to run the clock out, basically, and they couldn't. They got stopped on that third and one. And then, shockingly, 98-yard touchdown drive by Baker Mayfield. But as we look at fantasy implications here, I mean, next week, you're going to go back to Adams. You're going to go back to Jacobs if you're in the playoffs, for sure. Um, Hopefully, Darren Waller is back. And we don't have to debate how to pronounce Foster Morrow's last name, but Baker Mayfield with, you know, with some competence at quarterback, Dave. And does that give you hope? Because you you like Denver could be tough in week 16, but week 15 is Green Bay. Week 17 is the Chargers. When you look at Akers, maybe Skoranek or Atwell, I don't know what you're thinking there. Do you do you feel more confident? in the Rams' offense right now that you might actually use these guys in your fantasy playoffs?
2: You know, We don't know what the injuries will be this week, and we don't know what everybody's situation is at wide receiver, but I think you'd have to be pretty desperate to go after Skoranek or Atwell. Atwell's got speed. Skoranek's got size. He's like the poor man's Cooper Cup. And he just needed... Anytime these guys get a ton of targets, yeah, they're on the table to get you at least 10 PPR points. That's what each of them did on Thursday. They each had at least eight targets. Baker might settle on those guys. If you had told me, and here's another thing, and this is kind of a confessional. If you had told me Baker Mayfield was going to throw the ball 35 times, I would have told you to start Tyler Higby because Mayfield's track record over his career is to lean on tight ends, especially in the red zone. So I was surprised that Higby only had three targets in the game. Yeah. Uh, But I I don't know if there's a receiver on the Rams that fantasy managers are, are going to want to trust when we get, two next week and playoffs on the line dfs is a different story we might go after atwell or skoronic in that format but i also don't think that we can look at baker mayfield and say all right he, he's gonna you know throw like this and again off target on a quarter of his throws that's crazy high. i don't i don't think we can say that he's going to be that great moving forward
0: okay but uh, so then let's talk about acres and we'll finish up with this game and Preview six games. Oh, we got Vikings, Lions. That's a nice one. We have 49ers and Bucks. That's an interesting one. Niners are favored there. Fantasy, you know, the other four games are kind of crappy that we're talking about today, but for fantasy, they're interesting. New England at Arizona, Houston at Dallas. Like, honestly, some tough calls in that game. Philadelphia and the Giants. Can we go with Darius Slayton? I'm nervous about Saquon Barkley. Carolina at Seattle. Who the heck is playing running back in this game? But, Jamie, give me your thoughts on Cam Akers here. Uh, it's two encouraging games in a row. He, is, he was started in 41% of leagues, and he scored. Look, he's, you know, he's not going to tear it up on the ground, but he has scored three touchdowns in his last two games. So, um, your thoughts on Akers going forward with Green Bay next week?
3: It's a second straight game with the same offensive line. And so mm-hmm. that's, I think, encouraging for the Rams that they had the same unit out there and they're starting to get some continuity, which has just been an absolute disaster. Uh, clearly, he is going to be the featured guy. The fact that he fumbled and they went back to him is encouraging, especially getting the touchdown late. So that's, you know, I think another thing in his, in his favor. Um, if the quarterback play is competent, and, and clearly that's going to be something we have to keep an eye on here, um, then you feel a little bit better about him. You know, so non-PPR, half-PPR is clearly going to be the formats that favor him because he's not going to work in the passing game. That's very obvious. So he's touchdown dependent. Um, I would say he's he's at this point a poor man's Jamal Williams. So um, if that's what you like and that's what you need, and you're stuck. Clearly, there's there's a lot of injuries at in this position, and, and we're getting to the point where you know finding guys that are getting a lot of work is is somewhat important. Um, but there, you know he doesn't score, you see what you're getting. Yeah. So that's just kind of what the the type of player he is.
0: And I see what you're getting. You're getting look at I, you're getting this. Look at this shirt. Look at this long sleeve fantasy football today shirt. Love this shirt. We have so many great things for you to get in our store, in our CBS store: t-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles, and more to rep Fantasy Football Today or any of our podcasts. The URL is over is in the episode description, so you can check that out in the YouTube description, in the you know, regular podcast uh, description. And if you want to use our code FantasyFootball20, you can get 20% off your order. All right. So if you want anything with the FFT logo on it. Some really cool stuff in there. Sweatpants. I like sweatpants. Um, yeah, check it out. Get, uh, get that offer code, FantasyFootball20. Go to the CBS Sports Store, the Fantasy Football Today section. Again, the link is in the episode description, or you can just type in CBS Sports Store Fantasy Football Today to the search engine of your choice. Dave, if Google went down today, which uh, search engine would you use? Uh, DuckDuckGo. That's a thing? Yeah. Duck, duck. God, never, I never heard of that. <laughs> wow, that's a good name. I like, like it. All right. Uh, ooh, look at this from Aldwin. I'm no snitch, but Adam, you only got 47 likes right now. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's go hit that like button, everybody. It's Friday. It's a happy Friday. Let's talk about people who are injured. Uh <laughs> 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 Are you guys ranking Trevor Lawrence right now? He did not practice again.
2: Yes, uh, I'm ranking him until he doesn't practice on Friday, and then I will rank CJ Beathard, and I will do it with a tear in my eye. Yeah.
0: Well, I already have a tear in my eye because ter- Trevor Lawrence is the reason why I started Derek Carr in a league. So. Uh, yeah, yeah you had to. All right, you idiot. Yeah. Desmond Ritter is gonna start at quarterback for the Falcons when they come back from their bye. They're at New Orleans. Mm. Just two quarterback superflex.
2: Yes. That's
0: it. Good or bad for, for Drake now. London. For now. For now. Jamie, good or bad for Drake London?
3: Um, I, I can't imagine it's worse. So I, I would say good just because it's something different. And, you know, the fact that he was featured in their last game, that's encouraging. So, you know, the it's it's one game of of Zacchaeus and one game of London, and the two games without Kyle Pitts, where both guys have had significant target bumps. I would imagine the mantra is, especially if they continue to follow the playoff contention, feature Drake London as much
0: as we can. Okay, uh, we're still not expecting Lamar Jackson and Tua Lois should be good for this week at running back. Joe Mixon's the starter. Is he good to go? Is he cleared?
3: Uh, he has not cleared the concussion protocol yet, but there is one report from the team website that says he will be the quote one. So, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about is, is my P Ryan. Has he done enough to make it more of a tandem? Uh, according to, you know, I, I think it's Jeff Hobson's the writer there. Who's been around forever. Yes. Um, yeah. and he says, no, it's, it's Joe Mixon and, and they'll sprinkle P Ryan in as they normally do.
0: Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Seattle. So Travis Homer practiced in full. That was cool, but Ken Walker. He's the one you want. You think so? Yeah. Um, I was gonna sing "Grease" there, but I decided not to. Uh, you
3: know, if we weren't if we weren't in, in a in a fight, I would say sing all you want to, but I'm a little <laughs> okay. mad
0: right. Uh, Walker and okay, so we'll see what happens today in practice. But if, if DJ, if uh, Travis Homer is the starting running back. By the way, I think he's a better running back than DJ Dallas. i to throw that out there. Has been since college. And uh, yeah. where would you rank him? Because I look at some of my team and say, yeah, I would start Travis Homer over some of these scrubs with six, play- six teams on a bye. Where would you rank Travis Homer?
3: High end, flex.
2: Dave? I'd probably rank him where I have Tony Jones right now, which is in that same range. But I don't think he'd be alone. I don't think he'd be like... What we've seen from Homer is that he's played on passing downs. And so, if they if they give him the if he's the guy that you want, then what does that leave for Jones? Are they going to split rushing work? They don't
3: really th- have like a rushing downs guy. That's the thing.
2: Like, this, well, the most, I think most Jones likely, is the rushing downs you guy. Know, I, I
3: think actually the most agree. likely rushing downs guy would probably be Wayne Gallman. And so, I don't think they're going to rush Wayne Gallman out there. Like, it could Tony, be that
2: Tony
3: too. Tony Jones is more of a a, a a version of Travis Homer. So, I think they go with the guy mm-hmm. who's been there.
2: I don't so think I, so. I would think it would be Travis Homer getting the majority of work. I think Jones is much more of a physical type of running back. I don't think he's a pass catcher like Homer is either. I'm not saying that he's good, but he's, I I will, I'll say that if, if Gallman doesn't, Gallman will get elevated if Dallas and Walker don't play, you'll probably see Homer and Jones split rushing reps and Homer on third down. Well,
0: who's getting elevated? You know, Gallman. Oh, man, the original, the OG scary music guy. Back in our lives. It is a happy Friday. He actually indeed. might be. I think he's probably
2: better than Tony Jones, too, to be
0: completely transparent. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Tony Jones, I hope, yeah. I, I I mean, Homer's, you know, he almost never gets to run the ball, but he's not bad at it, I think, so far. But, yeah, right, he's kind of a smaller guy.
2: Um, I, Could be a Geno week. Could be a real good yeah. Geno week.
0: Yeah, uh, I think he's my FanDuel quarterback. Um, Deontay Foreman was limited, so that's good. He didn't practice Wednesday. He did practice on Thursday in a limited fashion. He'll go. He'll play. If he doesn't go, I would assume... If he doesn't go and Homer... Sorry, and... Okay. If both Foreman and Walker miss the game, I would think Chuba Hubbard would be the highest-ranked running back, right? Easy. Yes. Okay. Damian Harris missed practice. So, yay for Stevenson. Najee Harris was limited. Um, DeAndre Swift practiced in full on Thursday after he was on the injury report on Wednesday. And Saquon Barkley was limited with a neck injury. And, you know, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but, man, I feel very nervous about a lot of running backs this week, Mm -hmm. including Barkley, for sure. But, like, (laughs) Barkley, ETN, maybe a little Derrick Henry... Damian yeah. Pierce is on the lower end, but a lot of guys are starting. I don't know. I feel I got the Dalvin Cook. Dalvin, yeah, I got the heebie jeebies about them this yep. week. All right. Well, what are you gonna do about it? But yeah, I'm glad I'm not You can start Travis Homer. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Are you gonna start Chris Moore at Dallas? Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are both looking like they're out. Dave, you're gonna start a Texans wide receiver.
2: No, not unless I'm completely desperate. Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett would be the two that you're looking at there. I suspect they'll use a lot of tight ends. I They're going to need to help block anyway. So Aikens will see the field a lot. And Brevin Jordan made some plays last week. Mm-hmm. Don't start anybody in the Texans passing game if you can help
0: it. I think the Cowboys win this game, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, Cal- Mike Williams practiced in full. Jalen Waddell practiced in full. Rondell Moore mispractice. Greg Dortch practiced in full. I did see uh, Greg mm. Dortch get added in a couple of leagues. Just, you know, Jamie, we've just we have no idea. We've never seen Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and one of those slot guys, be it Moore or Dortch. Uh where are you ranking Dortch right now?
3: I mean, he'll be a low end number three receiver, but there, there's plenty of opportunity there. You know, I I think they're gonna struggle to run. You know, James Connor's gonna make plays in the passing game. So I I think there's you know, 40-plus 40, 40 passes from Kyler Murray coming, and you know I, I could see Dortch getting six, seven targets. So not not a bad number three receiver.
0: All It'll right, be in
2: single coverage every single snap because the Patriots will be far more focused on slowing down Hopkins and Brown.
0: Uh, Deontay Johnson mispracticed with a hemp injury. We'll see what happens on, I think I said hemp, uh, hip injury. We'll see what happens on Friday. Cortland Sutton unlikely to play. Amari Cooper was limited with a hemp injury as well. Traylon Burks doesn't look like he's going to play. T. Higgins was limited with a hamstring injury. Kadarius Toney continues to be limited to practice. Tight end news, there's not much. David Njoku's going to play, it looks like. Daniel LaRusso's going to fight, and Hayden Hurst is unlikely to play. Teron Armstead got in a limited practice, so it would be nice if he's back for that Sunday night game. Uh, The Chargers getting a little healthier, it looks like, on their offensive line. Patriots, both of their starting offensive tackles mispractice. One of them, though, was with an illness, so I would expect Trent Brown to play. Not sure about Isaiah Wynn. Uh, they did they did get Yadney Kajust, one of their, their starting guard, back. Uh, he was limited in practice. They were really beat up on the offensive line last week against the Bills and hopefully can get a couple pieces back or at least yeah. Kajust. And Jets right tackle match Max Mitchell is out for the season. We wish him the best. Hope he gets back out there next year. He has blood clots that he's dealing with. Uh, Giants defense extremely banged up. Looks like they're going to be without three of their best players, which is perfect against the Eagles. They're going to do great. Philadelphia slot cornerback Avante Maddox could be back this week. Dave, you were talking to me about how big of a deal that might be.
2: It, it's a huge deal because we've seen slot receivers do well against Philadelphia lately. Relatively. And uh this is just another guy who is makes that defense that much
0: better. But also you mentioned the- that Slayton had been playing more in the slot.
2: He had been playing more in the slot. So without Maddox, Slayton was actually a decent play. But now it looks like Maddox will be back. Uh Satan is on Satan Slayton is <laughs> on the sit
0: list. <laughs> Satan. Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> uh uh Tennessee cornerback Christian Fulton has a groin injury. He's their best corner. That's another
2: defense that's all beat up is Tennessee. Yeah. Won't matter if it's Beathard.
0: Probably not. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to help you beat the waiver wire for your fantasy playoffs. Then we'll get into the games. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Okay, let's beat the waiver wire. I'm going to throw out some DSTs, and you tell me if they are appealing to you next week. The Lions at the Jets, the Vikings against the Colts, the Cardinals at the Broncos. You want to stash any of them? The Lions at the Jets, the Vikings against the Colts, or the Cardinals at the Broncos?
2: I think the Cardinals will be my favorite of the three against Denver and Russell Wilson.
3: The Vikings against the Colts for me.
0: Okay, you can make a case for all these. And, then you know, the Lions' yep. defense has been playing pretty well. But the Jets might, might be, yeah, Jets might not be a great matchup. All right, I got two quarterbacks to consider. One's Desmond Ritter for deeper leagues. What do you think about adding Jameis Winston? Gets the Falcons next week. No idea if he's the quarterback. I haven't seen anything on it. I think by now they probably would have said something. So I'm guessing no.
2: Mm, no, they're on bye. They
0: don't have to say anything until next week. Yeah, I know. But the Falcons did. But you're right. Um I picked him up in, in a super flex league, Jameis Winston, so I'm just throwing that so, out So, like, there. that's not
2: a bad idea. Yeah. Just to speculate in case he is the guy, and then they've got Cleveland the week after that.
0: Cleveland's pretty good pass defense, so the Falcons matchup would be much, you know, very appealing, I would think. Um, I don't really have much for beat the waiver wire, honestly. There's There are no buys next week, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll, let me take a look at the wide receiver list. Like Jamison Williams is available.
2: He Drake should be on benches anyway.
0: Yeah, if the Commanders DST gets dropped, go for it. Yes, Drake London call. is seventy percent rostered. Um, just
2: on Jamison oh, oh, Williams, one. real quick, uh, he, if I could. Yeah, they, yeah. They've got the Jets in Week Fifteen. I'm assuming that his playing time is going to ramp up as we move forward here. When you get to Week Sixteen against Carolina and Week Seventeen against Chicago. He could end up being a, not every down, but plenty of downs for Detroit. And maybe he can put off some numbers there. He could be a number three receiver by the time you get to the fantasy championship.
3: Well, what's Chark at? I'd much rather have Chark.
0: Chark is at 57%, Jamison Williams 56%. And then there's one other guy I wanted to bring up. How about Miko um, Hardman, 35%. Good call. Yep. You know his name. Miko Hardman, um, 35%. Houston, right.
2: Seattle, Denver. Next three weeks for Kansas City.
0: It's time for one question for each game. Minnesota is at Detroit. Jamie, Cousins or Golf? Jamie, look at like, the camera. I like both, but I... Yeah. i I probably go, probably go Cousins. Okay, yeah, well. If we could maybe just look at the camera a little bit, that would be very helpful. Sweet Are you going to start this again? Well, we talked about it for, what, 10 minutes yesterday? I mean... Wait, what? Just, I mean, it's I, a visual I, I told medium. If you
3: bother me about this again, I'm going to get up and walk away. I don't
0: get, I don't get up and walk away, but you have to look at the camera. I mean, it's part of the show. Oh, okay. okay. Dave, I don't even <laughs> know. What, what what the hell were we talking about there?
2: You know what you were talking about. What? Uh, You were doing one question for each game. Yeah. And you started with, with a game.
0: Oh, damn it. It's a game. Get out the gag he was all over it a minnesota at detroit hey jamie come back we're not fighting damn you dave our well-laid plans it was too obvious this time was it we were a cranky too old obvious. show though we laid the
2: groundwork so, i'm just gonna give you some pointers here first of all you can't I know which games you're considering for yeah, game of the game. That's that's true. Week. Yeah. So you can't do it when I know that we're talking about the game. You have to bring up the game like just like you have to make a hard right turn to bring up the game while we're talking about something else.
0: It's 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 getting challenging. It really is. It, it this
2: would be so easy if I were. If, if I had the little buttons to play the music and I was trying to fool you or Jamie, I'd get you every week.
0: <laughs> all right, Jamie, you can come back now and tell us Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff. Please come back. <laughs>
2: Jamie's ghosting the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, all
0: right, Dave, you can answer it. Who would you rather start, Cousins or Goff? I like them both. Uh, I'm,
2: I'm going to take Cousins over Goff, but it, it's not with a ton of confidence. I thought Cousins played poorly last week. Uh, he started off slow. I think it was like one of his first eight passing. Uh, and then he started to turn it up a little bit, but it wasn't like he was outstanding. Goff has been playing great for a while now, and I think the Vikings secondary is susceptible. So I, I kind—I guess I'm saying I kind of like Goff. I'm starting Goff and DFS, but
0: I, I do like them both. Okay. Uh, Jamie is on the Peloton, speculates David. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. <laughs> Would you start both Tampa Bay running backs... Over both San Francisco wide receivers. No. Would you start any Sampa Bay running back over any San Francisco wide receiver? I don't think so. Really?
2: I I kind of dig Purdy. I, I thought his second half was good. I thought he made some some good decisions with the ball. He he can throw on the run. His offensive line's not that bad. It's, I think that I think we're kind of uh, overreacting to him being the quarterback there. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Garoppolo or anything like that, but I got some, this will sound a little funny, some Nick Mullins vibes while watching him play. Remember when Mullins came out of nowhere? Yeah. And like had a three touchdown game on a Thursday night and ended up being okay for the 49ers. I think Purdy will end up being okay for them. I like Debo better than Ayuk. I I
0: like them both better than
2: any Tampa running back. Really against okay. this 49ers team.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just you know, they're getting all those catches. But, um, hi Jamie. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't, I'm sorry. We didn't, I didn't execute it well. Jamie, and i
2: you both to- hold on. You're both guilty. You both screwed it up.
0: Nah, if he
3: screwed it up, he didn't do what I told him to do.
0: That's true. I didn't do what I told him to do. But but I could. D- Dave was on it right at the jump. There was. That's no- why I
3: told you you couldn't go right to that game first.
0: Jamie wanted me to go like to sell it a little bit more, like go to another game, and then figure out a way to bring it back up. Then- Next,
3: I, the minute the minute that you used the best game, he was going to figure out it was the best game.
0: Hard right turn, guys. Okay. Next okay, week, okay. make a hard right turn. Lesson learned. Um, all right. So, New England at Arizona. Start or sit, Marquise Brown, Jamie.
3: Uh, start. Um, you know, again, six teams on a buy. I think he's a uh, low end number two receiver. Um, again, a lot of passes coming this this game for for Kyler Murray. So, I, I think Marquise Brown is, uh, is 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 a solid play. Six catches last time we saw him in the first game with Hopkins. So, I like the setup.
0: New England, or sorry Houston at Dallas, Jamie and Pierce. At the camera, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce or Namien Pierce. It's Namian. Namian, okay. Philadelphia at the Giants. Darius Yaton or Darius Nayton? Nay. <laughs> it's a Nay. Uh, who would you rather start, Namian Pierce or Darius Nathan?
3: Uh Slayton and PPR. Agreed. I, I might take
2: I take I might take Nathan and non PPR just because you know something Jamie made a great point on FFT yesterday calling back to the two bad games that Pierce had against really tough run defenses. Yeah. in weeks 11 and 12. I think they were and he had 15 total carries in the game could very easily see something similar this week against Dallas Dallas is a really good defense as you guys know.
0: Yeah, I dug into this a little bit. So so there have been six games in which Damian Pierce uh, and the Texans have lost by 10 or more points. And in four of the games, Damian Pierce had a fine game. Like You would definitely start him, you know, somewhere around 14-ish PPR fantasy points. One game was a really big game. But four of the games were just fine. Two of the games were dreadful, less than five fantasy points, and that was Washington and Miami. And if you look at the six games and the breakdown – You can see there are two run defenses, two excellent run defenses. Washington and Miami. He was horrible, but also in both of those games, one of them was like a twenty-five point game at halftime. One I think was thirty-five nothing at halftime. Is that am I crazy or was that the Dolphins' score? Um, So, so they were so non-competitive. And the other angle of it with Damian Pierce is he's really just not running the ball nearly as well lately as Mm, he was earlier. Going to be competitive. No, it's not going to no. be competitive. But is it going to be? Is it going to be so non-competitive like the Dolphins game where Tua got pulled in the third quarter? I think it was thirty-five nothing at halftime, if I'm not mistaken.
3: I mean, it might not be far off from that, especially if there's not. no Nico Collins or Brandon Cooks. Like this is just a bad situation for him.
0: This has the and makings of one of the I, biggest blowouts of the year for sure.
2: It does. It could be forty-five to two. Uh, I, I did think that he ran better last week just for what it's worth.
0: Well, the yeah, well, he played Cleveland. He should have, but over the last sure. four or five games, his metrics are just much worse. Yes, yeah. And well, he's he has, played a lot of tough run defenses. Yeah, but just no, very, very few long carries. I think he has not one scoring one carry of more than 13 yards in his last four games um, and not scoring touchdowns. Okay, Carolina at Seattle. We did talk about the running backs in this game. So starter sit DJ Moore. That thing's a really interesting one. Starter sit DJ Moore this week, guys.
3: I've got starter. him as a low end
2: number two wide receiver.
3: I like him better than Brandon Ayuk. I like yes. him better than uh, Mike Evans right now. I like him better than um, the Steelers guys. Unless Pickens, unless Deontay's out, then I might move Pickens out of him. But what about um,
2: Gabe Davis? Who do you have there?
3: Uh, I like DJ more better than Gabe Davis. Same. So I, I think there's. Hopefully an opportunity to build off what we saw with Sam Darnold. Now, granted, it was only four catches, but, you know, you saw a play down the field. You saw an end zone target, you know, so there's there's things to like about this. And I do think that they're going to be in a, a maybe a surprising shootout. So I, I think Sam Darnold is going to actually be a decent play um, if you're a quarterback. And I would not be surprised if DJ Moore has, uh, you know, another 15-plus point
0: game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Carolina wants to run the ball. They only ran, They only threw 20 times, I think, last time or 19 times with Sam Darnold, but... We are expecting Seattle to uh, score some points in this game, put some pressure on the Carolina Panthers. So we'll go to the game. Start or sit for Minnesota at Detroit. That's where we start. Should I play the music? Yeah, okay. Uh, Minnesota at Detroit is our game of the week. It should be great. I have so many freaking stats in this game. Uh, but here's the Azer stat of the game. If you remove the two games that Amonra St. Brown played fewer than 35% of the snaps... He is averaging 21.8 PPR points per game. Justin Jefferson is averaging 21.7 PPR fantasy points per game for this season. <laughs> <laughs> so they are basically tied. If you remove those, you know, those injured games for St. Brown, they're basically tied as wide receiver five behind Diggs, Cup, Adams. Well, actually, that was before Thursday of Adams. Right. Adams is going to slide now. Probably not that much. Uh, and Tyreek no. Hill.
2: But how, what, what's St. Brown averaging? Even with those two games,
0: I'm not sure, but I mean, I'm sure he's top ten. Uh, but he's amazing. He's he's just amazing. Um, here's the non azer stat of the game: these two teams allow the most rushing touchdowns from the two-yard line or closer. Jamal Williams managers. <laughs>
2: That's a great stat. Yeah. All right. Uh, Saint Brown's at 18.5 on the season. Three, four, five, six, seven. That is eighth best. Wow.
0: Okay, so. Is Detroit a tough matchup, Jamie? Like, their defense has gotten so much better.
3: Their run defense is their pass defense is not. Agreed. Right. Yes.
0: All right. Who's your favorite quarterback in this game? I asked Dave. He he's he's it's a toss-up, it seems. Jamie, Dave. Yeah, no,
3: I, I like both. I think Cousins in a better spot. Um he's he's got a little bit of an easier opponent. Uh he's been absolutely dreamy in uh Minnesota and Detroit in his career. And I think he's got a better receiving core. So uh, I also think there's much more of an opportunity for the Lions to run against the Vikings than there is for the Vikings to run against the Lions. And that says a lot because obviously Dalvin Cook is probably the best running back in this game. But clearly he has not had a great season. Their run blocking has not been great. And this run defense for Detroit has been unbelievable for like the last month. So I, I think it's going to be a game where Cousins has to throw. And the Lions will, I think, be a little bit more balanced. So I think both quarterbacks are definitely in play. Goff has been great at home. Six of seven games at home, 18 or more fantasy points. Um, so he, he's he's good in this spot. So this is the highest projected game of the week, uh, 53 points. And I think we're going to see a lot of offense for both of these teams. At least that's the hope. Um, so I th- I think both are, are definitely in play as as starting quarterbacks, but I give a slight nod to uh, Cousins.
0: Okay, six straight games for the Lions without allowing double-digit fantasy points to a running back. So single-digit PPR fantasy points for a lead running back in six straight games, Miami, Green Bay, Chicago, the Giants, the Bills, and the Jaguars. No running back has more than 15 carries in that stretch, and running backs are averaging 3.8 yards per carry against the Lions in their last six games. So with that said, who is your favorite running back in this game?
2: Swift. D-A-N-D-R-E. Swift.
0: <laughs> you forgot about the
2: apostrophe. The apostrophe. Yeah, I know. DeAndre Swift is my favorite.
0: Who's your second favorite? Uh, Kenny Nwangu. <laughs> well, look, Jamal Williams has obviously been good, but he only had 11 carries last week, and if, yeah, if Swift is really I, his, playing his role job, is going to shrink
2: because Swift is playing more. Cook is the second best.
0: Okay, who's your favorite wide receiver in this game?
2: Jefferson. It's Justin Jefferson by two spots over Amunra.
0: What about uh, Barracuda uh, Okuda? He did great job uh, against Jefferson.
3: Jefferson beat double teams last week. Doesn't matter. He's done well against. He's had significant help over the
0: top. Oh, give leave him alone. Uh, Yeah. Okay. um, Anyway, start them both. Uh, Is there any other receiver you would start in this game?
3: Adam Thielen, absolutely. Mm. They've been miserable against receivers lately.
0: You're feeling it.
2: Yeah. uh, I I think I think Hawkinson
3: will have a better game than Thielen. I know Thielen's a flex for me. Thielen's off the worst start. He's a flex. Yeah, no, he's number two receiver for me. I think there's a good opportunity here based on how much that they're going to throw the ball. DJ Moore or Thielen?
0: Oh, Thielen. Wow. Okay, I'll take Moore. Okay. I don't know why I said wow like that, like DJ Moore is so good.
2: Because Adam Thielen has been pretty bad himself, especially yeah, since he has. Uh, Hawkinson's come around. There was the one game, it was two games ago, where they used him old school style where he was close Last to the line. Last time he And he did, he did well. And uh, they've otherwise deployed him as a downfield receiver, and he's just not as good in that role. Uh,
0: There have been six times this year where multiple wide receivers have scored 12 or more PPR fantasy points against the Lions. That's a lot. Six times in 12 games, including the Vikings, Um, including three giants, Wandale, Richie James, and Darius Slayton. So yeah, this is a really good matchup, and if you're stuck starting Thielen, you should feel better about it this week than you usually do. Yes, I have a tough call between. I I think you know what I think I'm going to do it. I haven't done it once uh, since I had both of them on my team. I'm going to start Hawkinson over Dalton Schultz. How you guys feel about that?
3: Yeah, great week to do that. I would do, love yeah. that. Okay. Hawkinson should be the third best tight end this week.
0: Oh wow, because I know you have Schultz in your top five, so um, an embarrassment of riches for me at the. Tight end position. All right. Anything Do you else? like
2: that though? Don't because you that? probably didn't spend that much draft capital. Well, maybe you did on
0: maybe you did. Uh no, I took Hawkinson in the eighth ish round and then I picked up Schultz mm-hmm. off waivers. Okay. So that's
2: good. When you've got two tight ends like that, that's a good alternative to having one stud and definitely better than oh, I'd rather have the stud, never mind that, but better than streaming for sure.
0: So you're going to start both of those guys over Kittle. Well, we'll just stick with Hawkinson. You're going to start him over, over Kittle. I mean, look, it, Hawkinson's... No. Oh, you're not? Sorry.
2: I, I, I'll i probably land on Hawkinson,
3: Kittle, Schultz. Oh, I would definitely go Hawkinson. I don't really love Kittle this week, so I I think Hawkinson's a, a much better play.
0: I don't want to oversell Hawkinson. He's got four straight games with 33 to 45 yards. He's got two straight games with only six targets. It's a much, di- much more difficult competition. <laughs> it is. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, and the Jets—they've been the last four teams they've faced. So, uh, the Lions give up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. Just—it's really amazing how how their defense has turned a corner. Uh, very impressive. Well, they
2: they've changed some personnel. Uh, they fired their defensive backs coach, and right. it it's just it's worked out for them. I think Aiden Hutchinson has started to play a lot better too. On the revenge game factor, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, Ben Johnson talked about how last week Chark was truly motivated because he was playing his former team. He admitted it. And then a reporter said, well, couldn't that also work against you this week because Hawkinson's coming back? And Johnson kind of had like a moment where it's was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, it's probably going to (laughs) happen. So uh, Hawkinson should be in lineups for sure. I think he was already going to be in lineups, but you can feel even better about maybe DFS is where you go with him.
0: Yeah, okay. So last on the quarterbacks, Cousins or da- Dak Prescott or quarterbacks in- the quarterbacks in this game.
2: This game, agreed. I'll sit
0: Dak. How about Justin Herbert? Herbert. I have Herbert behind him. Oh, both of them. Especially
3: with huh? Mike Williams back, Herbert. There he's throwing the ball forty five times in that game.
0: I think he averages forty two, so he might yeah. he might get to fifty. Right. <sighs> All right, yeah, this is a game with a lot of starts. Oh, Jamal Williams. I do think we should spend a little time on Jamal Williams here. Um, All right, Travis Homer, if he's the guy, or Jamal Williams, just to get an idea of where you have Jamal Williams.
2: Travis Homer, Or Jamal, Jamal
0: Williams.
3: Williams. Oh, um, Homer and PPR. I'll take Williams.
0: Okay, Jamal Williams or Bucks running backs?
3: Jamal and non, the Bucks and anything else. I've got. I
2: currently. I think I'm going to eventually have it. for net White Williams.
0: This is a good idea. Let's get a revenge gamometer. Aldwin suggests. He's had some good comments. Today. A revengeometer. Revengeometer. Yeah, mid season trade. I think that's got to rank pretty high up there on the revengeometer for Hodgson. Yeah. Okay. Sit the DSTs. Let's go to our next game. Tampa Bay is at San Francisco. Tom Brady is outside the top 12. He is I think 14th for Dave as the high guy on Tom Brady. This is a you know this is an interesting game obviously with Purdy. Um I can't make a I can't really make a case for Tom Brady. So try to sit him. Who you wouldn't start like Daniel Jones over him, would you?
2: Not, Not even
3: in your dreams. Ones.
0: How about Tyler Huntley or Tom Brady?
3: It's like uh, I go Harley. More upside. All right. More downside.
0: Okay. Also, but more upside. Okay, so let's so let's talk about the Tampa Bay running backs here because you can't run on San Francisco. They don't really run well on on just about anyone, and the Niners probably have the best run defense in football. They also allowed the seventh fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. And you know, Dave, everything's hunky dory right now because they threw 15 times to their running backs last week. They throw on average eight and a half times to their running backs per game. And by, by the way, guess the three teams that lead the NFL in running back targets? They're third. Bucks are third.
3: Who throws teams to their most running backs? That we're asking?
0: Yeah, top three teams in running back well, targets. Chargers. Chargers are one with, with a bullet. Bucks are third. I don't know if the 49ers are up there now with McCaffrey. No, they're not. The Bucs are one target behind a surprise team. I couldn't believe it. I had to go check the stats to make sure it was right. They're in the AFC South.
3: It's not the Titans. Is it Houston?
0: (laughs) Keep going. Oh, it's the Titans. It's not the Titans. Running back targets? No, it's the Colts. The Colts Colts have the second most running back targets. Isn't that weird? Very strange. Um, all right, anyway. Well, Deion Jackson did have that 10-catch game. Yeah, I so mean, they one. had Hines. remember that one Taylor time. gets some targets, but they have a, like 102 running back targets, and I think the Bucks have 101. But anyway, Jamie, uh, Rashad, or Dave, I think it was going to you, sorry. Rashad White, oh. Leonard Fournette, who do you like better? Where do you have him ranked?
2: I will eventually have Fournette ranked ahead of Rashad White. Remember earlier this week we talked about how lucky you were to get Good fantasy production out of Rashad White. Fournette played better in the game. He's more experienced. He had more snaps inside the 10. Uh, I don't really love either one of them. And it's because of everything that you've talked about. Everybody knows that the matchup is going to be really hard. The offensive line is beat up for Tampa. You're hoping that Brady throws another 15 passes to the running backs again. You're hoping that they catch north of five, five balls. You're hoping they average eight yards per catch and that you squeeze out 11, 12 PPR points from each of them. I think Fournette's the safer bet.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I think uh, Fournette showed up on the injury port again on Thursday. Um, I didn't think he looked better. I thought White looked better in the game despite the fumble. Um, Fournette looked slow again, uh, running the contact again. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where they're chasing points, so I think they're going to use the more explosive back in the passing game. So I like to set up for White better, but I think both guys are a flex place.
0: Damian Pierce or Tampa Bay running back?
3: Both Bucks running max. Agreed.
0: Okay. I
2: moved. I also moved Najee down behind them both in PPR. I, I can't explain why Najee was a top 15 running back for me
0: yesterday. It was ridiculous. Okay. All right, let's talk about the Bucks wide receivers. Just must start Chris Godwin. 100%. Okay. Of course. And Mike Evans. Mm. Start or sit. Jamie?
3: I'd sit him if you can. I mean, again, it's hard to sit. Guys like Pierce and Najee and you know, some of these other guys we're talking about with six teams on a bye. Um, but Evans is clearly struggling, you know, four catches, four targets, uh hasn't scored a touchdown and seems like forever. Um, tough secondary that he's facing, tough defense that he's facing. Brady's not having a good time throwing the ball down the field right now. So uh I think it's uh, number three receiver. So if you start three receivers, he's fine. If you start two receivers and a flex and use your best flex, he's fine. In a two receiver league where you have better flex options, I would
2: say Adam is a low end number two receiver. I noticed this trend this year, and it goes back to previous years with Brady. Uh, this year there's been four times where Evans has seen six or fewer targets in a game in the week following the first three times that happened. He bounced back to 10, 15 and nine targets from Brady. Uh, and we saw it most times last year and the year before that I'm, I'm okay with Evans. Can't say that. I love him. You're hoping that he catches six of nine passes and finds the end zone.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean the Niners, I don't know if this matters to you, but they allowed the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. They obviously got destroyed by Tyree yeah. Kill, bad against Greg Dortch and DeAndre Hopkins. You know they, Their defense has not been as good. Their pass defense has not been as good since Emmanuel Mosley got hurt. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't and know if, if I want to look at it as that difficult of a matchup, and I, I can almost guarantee at least 40 pass attempts for Brady because they ain't going to be able to run the ball.
2: No chance, and that's what Brady does anyway. I've yeah. got a stat, and I've got a question. The stat, and this kind of plays into what you were saying, Adam, uh, a receivers had at least 15 PPR points against the 49ers 10 times this year in eight of, uh, of them, there's been eight targets thrown. So volume receivers seem to get it done. That's great for Godwin. That should be good for Evans. The question is, I saw Nick Bosa on the injury report. Is there a chance he misses the game or is it just that they're only giving him one day of practice a week? Oh, that would change everything.
0: Um, I think he played through an injury. He played through the injury with the Dolphins ga- in the Dolphins game. Right. Yeah. And he made an impact in that game. So, look, I, look I could, you could make a case for Mike Evans every week, right? Like this team, what they do against wide receivers and Brady's going to throw a ton and Evan's going to get targeted. The bottom line is they're just not connecting. So it's just right. It's but all it'll take is,
2: is one big play. And then all of a sudden we'll say, all right, they're connecting again. And yeah. You know, you know, you don't want to miss out, but it's it's such a tough matchup, especially for Brady. That if you wanted to miss out this week, there's a there's a decent chance you'll not regret it come Monday morning.
3: There's only two quarterbacks over 19 points against this team. One was the fluky game with Mariota. One was Patrick Mahomes. They give well up the Mariota
2: game. Well.
0: Their defense was all beat up. Both games, Did they give up they both give up less
3: than 15 points per game on average to quarterbacks. Yeah. It's just it's a bad setup.
0: Okay, uh, so.
3: I mean, imagine, how would you feel about Brady if he didn't get those two touchdowns last week under three minutes to go? You Same. Know, it'd, it'd be even worse.
0: Oh, for sure. Although, I mean, for Brady, he's been, what, like 19 to 22 points in four of his last five games or something?
3: I mean, look, he's been three three straight or four straight over 20 points, but it's um it, it's kind of ugly how it's happening. I mean, you know, the game in Munich where he had the bad interception, um, you know, last week he was struggling for the majority of the game. You know, he's throwing underneath, you know, which is why the running backs, I think, are still in play. Um, especially in a matchup like this where he's going to be under pressure. And let's not forget, you know, they're still without This There's yeah. still an offensive line that's, you know, going to be under a lot of pressure. So Definitely. can't run the ball. He's going to be asked to throw a lot coming off a short week. You know, could be, could be a little rough him.
0: Sit Kate Otten.
3: I would have liked Kate Otten if there was no Cameron Bray, but Brayton full is just, you know, the, the, the bad situation.
2: Yeah. I'm not starting him either, but do you think there's a chance that Tom Brady and and Byron Leftwich say, look, this dude can make plays. Let's put him out there more. Who cares if Brady's ready? I,
3: I would hope so. You know, I, I would have thought that would have been the case the majority of the time because of uh, yeah, what he true. offers as a pass catcher. But I also think that with their offensive line woes, Brady is a much better blocker. So, you know, having him on the field, I think, is is more of a priority. And you know that Brady likes to have three receivers on the field. So, you know, it's, it's a situation where there's just a personnel crunch.
2: He likes to have three receivers on the field, but is he better off with Godwin Evans Gage or Godwin Evans
3: Otten. He's better off with Godwin Evans Julio and more protection, and so I, I think that's what matters the most for him. So I don't care. I, I mean, wonder you can say that you could have two schmucks running routes for him. If he's on his back, he's not going to do any any help. <laughs> so matter. he'd re- he'd much rather have protection. All
0: Maybe right, they use yeah.
2: more two tight end personnel because they're taking on the Niners, and that pass rush is dangerous, and that puts Otten on the field more with great. Maybe it happens.
0: All right, uh, Brock Purdy is a sit. And I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a bunch of reasons to sit Christian McCaffrey, just for fun. Ready? He is averaging only four point one yards per carry with San Francisco. Perhaps he's just learning the system and the blocking scheme and all that. The Bucks allow three point six yards per carry to running backs with Akeem Hicks on the field. Four point six yards per carry to running backs with Hicks off the field. He will be on the field for this game. The Bucks allow the second fewest receiving yards to running backs. McCaffrey has faced five opponents that are standouts in that category in terms of receiving yards allowed to running backs. He's averaging twenty seven point eight receiving yards per game in those five games. In the other seven games, McCaffrey is averaging sixty receiving yards per game. So he has not done well typically in those matchups against teams that do well against pass catching running backs. Therefore, Christian McCaffrey is a bust this week. Sit him in every league.
2: I'm I'm you've convinced me. I'm gonna sit him for Damian Pierce.
0: <laughs> nah, uh it's it's funny. This goes back to that theme of even the best running back in fantasy, arguably, you know, gets one of the best run defenses this week. Christian McCaffrey it could just be an ugly week for running back. But, of course, you're starting him. No, he's working the passing game save him. Exactly. I know, but that just happens to be something that they're excellent at. I mean, excellent against pass catching running backs.
2: Uh, uh, McCaffrey is an excellent pass catcher.
0: Alvin Kamara had two catches for 11 yards. Aaron Jones had three for 11. Um, I'm not phased in the least. Okay. No, I'm. But I'm just messing around. Rank the wide receivers in this game, because we haven't talked about um, uh, the Godwin, guys.
3: Debo, Evans, Ayuk. I have the exact same order.
0: Why? Why Debo? Is it just the a dot thing, like the downfieldness? Yes. I
3: think the e- the easiest way for Brock Purdy and for Kyle Shanahan to make things easy on Brock Purdy is a lot of underneath throws, and you know that's not where Ayuk thrives. Um, I think we'll see, you know, certainly a lot of chances for Debo. And I still think, you know, especially in a game like this, uh, with the, the number two running back situation still unsettled, I, I know Jordan Mason operated as that guy and, and ran well. But I think that's how you manufacture touches for Debo is you put him more in, in, in a running back spot.
0: Okay, let's finish this game here with George Kittle. This game's taken a long time. Uh, George Kittle, Dave, you have him higher than Jamie. I do. Him third. He,
2: he, I bet that they connect this week. There were times where Purdy was literally looking at George Kittle as he was open running down the field and didn't fire. So that that just could have been a byproduct of Purdy not wanting to make a mistake. That's why he threw short a lot last week. I, I'm i kind of optimistic that he'll take some shots to Kittle again this week and that Kittle can work as not just a, a short area target for him, but also as someone that he can gain 15-plus yards with. I, I really thought Purdy played well, especially in the second
0: half. Really? Because... I mean, I didn't watch all the throws, but on on Monday's show, Jacob Gibbs mentioned his off-target rate was very high. It was Something-
2: it was way higher in the first half than the second.
0: Half. Okay, but this is a guy who was throwing, you know, to Christian McCaffrey the whole day. He shouldn't have had a high off-target rate. His his A dot was really low, so that's a bad combination. Yeah. When no, you're throwing-
2: the the A dot is your. And his, he's got a if bad you're starting arm. Starting Kittle he's got a or the receivers, you're hoping that the A dot goes up, and that you're hoping that the accuracy is a little bit better. But he, and it was not a down. At least kill the guy.
3: accuracy was better in the second
0: half. All right. Yeah, we won't judge him too harshly on his first game, but he's the last pick in the draft, and
3: uh, first game might be better than the second game though, because now there's tape on him,
0: and you know, and a much better defense. Um, Jamie, just real quick, who would you start over George Kittle?
3: In non-PPR, the, probably the craziest name would be Hunter Henry, just because of the matchup. I think there's a better chance that Henry scores. Um, in in all formats, I would start Dolchitz over him.
0: Speaking of Hunter Henry, here we go. New England is at Arizona. You know, most offenses seem to do pretty well against... Most good offenses seem to do pretty well against New England. They're just... <laughs> uh,
3: oh, I thought you was the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Car- right. The Cardinals are, I think, a good offense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, New England is such a Jekyll and Hyde team. Anyway, if we we could probably do this yeah. game pretty quickly, right? Sit Mac Jones. Ramondre Lewence- Stevenson, hooray. Ramondre Remangi- Stevenson. Jacoby Myers if he plays, starter sit.
3: He'll be a number three receiver like yeah, he's this PPR. Yep. PPR only.
0: Okay, so Mike Evans or Jacoby Myers? Evans. Evans. I don't think there's any way he's playing. Although, I mean, he has a long He's not long in the
3: plan. protocol though, that's the thing.
0: He's not? He was he missed practice. No, with he's a got a head injury. Okay. And he's like got a, a bear longer. Bear took
2: a bite out of the side of his head.
0: <laughs> he has a longer uh window to get healthy because he got hurt on a Thursday instead of a Sunday. And now he plays on a Monday. Okay.
3: Unless so, I'm wrong, I just didn't see him in the protocol. I think he's just listening to his head injury.
0: Okay. Uh no uh, he okay, no, I'm seeing he is in the concussion protocol. Okay, then yeah, bad news. Probably not playing. All right, Hunter Henry is the most interesting Patriot here. Jamie just said he'd start him over George Kittle in non-PPR. Dave, you have him 10th. Uh, I mean, it's an easy sell here, but talk about Hunter Henry and who you would start him over.
2: Well, the sell is that the matchup is outstanding, and it just goes without saying because the Cardinals have been so bad against tight ends this year. You just look and see it's 11 or more half PPR point tight end uh, production in four of the past six games and some huge games allowed. If there's no Jacoby Myers, then it's easy for Henry to potentially step up and be a short area target for Mac Jones. Short area targets tend to do better against the Cardinals than downfield targets. It's part of the reason why I kind of like Jones as a bi-week quarterback. I've got him ranked in my top 20. So I'm, I'm, I'm not adverse to him. If you're starting Henry, you're starting him for the stat, not necessarily because of what he's been doing from game to game.
3: They've allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends the last four games. That's insane. Pretty insane.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, they just, they're so bad. Uh, okay, Kyler, uh, we'll go to Kyler Murray here. I, he felt a little bit low in your rankings. It's ninth for Jamie, seventh for Dave, eighth for Heath. I guess it's not that. Ninth feels a little bit low. Uh, I don't
3: know. Uh, yeah, I should probably adjust that. But I, I think it's, um, there's just, there there's some decent quarterback plays this week. You know, I, yeah. I think Geno's in a better spot. Uh, the one I struggle yep. with is Tua, you know, just because of him being a little bit banged up. Um, and they can run on the Chargers if they decide to. Uh, but I think, you know, you look at Cousins, I think there's a higher ceiling for him this week. And Goff might have a higher ceiling this week.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's, I think it's like a top 10 that's very appealing. And then 11 is Derek Carr for everybody. <laughs> so. Those 10 guys are going to do better than him. So start Kyler Murray. All right. How do you feel about James Conner? Because he has been on fire lately. He's playing almost every snap. The Patriots, though, are going to be one of the tougher matchups. Like two weeks ago, he faced San Francisco. And he did score 13.4 PPR fantasy points. He had 14 carries for 42 yards, two catches for 12 yards. But, of course, he scored the touchdown. So New England's not quite San Francisco, but they're not a layup. Dave, how do you feel about James Conner this week?
2: He too much work, potential to score each week, and I just I'm I'm rolling with him. He's to me he's a must start number two fantasy running back.
0: DeAndre Swift or James Connor? Swift. Uh, Dalvin Cook or James Connor? Cook. Connor. Travis Etienne or James Connor? Connor. Connor. Okay. Uh, Start DeAndre Hopkins. You said Marquise Brown. I think we said was a number three receiver.
2: I think uh, he's number in that two, like right l- too. Right. Yeah, okay.
0: he's a, he's a high end three for me. Okay, and then let's say uh, Rondell Moore is out, which looks like it'll be the case. But they, you know, they have more practice time than the other teams. This is the Monday night game. Do you have any interest in Greg Dortch? Do you have any interest in, in Dortch or Rondell Moore? Assuming that's the slot guy, incredibly valuable role. Do you have any interest in those guys, Jamie?
3: Yeah, like I said, I think you could be looking at six to seven targets. I I think there's an opportunity here based on what we've seen. Now, we haven't seen it with these two guys on the field in terms of Hopkins and and Brown, but we also haven't seen how all three would operate without the tight end because Zach Ertz hasn't been there. So there's still a lot of moving parts to what this Cardinals offense will look like. And so getting one of the two guys back, you would prefer it to be Rondell Moore because he's the more talented of the two. But again, you've seen what Kyler Murray has done with this position. And so will that be the same carryover? When everybody's healthy, it's not a slam dunk. It's not in any situation where you say, "Okay, I feel like this is going to be a guaranteed 12 to 13 PPR points," which is basically what that position is averaged, uh whether it was Dortch early or you know Rondale in the middle before we got you know Hopkins back and, and Brown went out. But again, I think you know James Conner's numbers aren't going to be pretty, so you know you're talking maybe 15 carries at most. He's going to be the only running back really that touches the ball, so you're looking at a lot of throwing from Kyler Murray and a lot of opportunities for these guys. So. High-end number four, low-end number three type of receiver, better in PPR than none, and I think he's worth a gamble if you are stuck. Like for me, for example, I just picked him up um, in a league where I don't have Pittman, and my other receivers are a mess. So he's my third receiver for this week.
0: Dorch, okay. Would you start Marquise Brown or um, Mike Williams?
2: I've got a back-to-back Brown
0: higher. Marquise Brown, or how about Leonard Fournette? Brown. Brown. Okay. Sit Trey McBride. And if you're desperate for a DST, the Cardinals. You could do worse than the Cardinals. They're uh, about 13th or so. <clears throat> All right, we'll take a break when we come back. Houston at Dallas. I mean, we know who's going to win, but can you trust Dak Prescott? He's probably going to play two possessions and then it's going to be over. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about the Cowboys passing game a little bit more on Damian Pierce when we come back on Fantasy Football Today.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run.
0: It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are back. That was our last break. Nothing but football from here on out. Maybe we'll sprinkle in some movies or TV shows or something. Houston's at Dallas. All right. So, I we you know, I don't want to just redo this segment. Go back to the one question for each game segment. Check the time codes. But I talked about Damian Pierce and all of the blowout losses. And also, he's just not running that well lately. So, he has one carry longer than 13 yards in his last four games. That's 60 carries. Um. So you're going to try to sit Damian Pierce now over to the Cowboys side, Jamie, how do you feel about the Cowboys specifically Dak Prescott? I I mean, I know we're going to love the running backs, but obviously I I get what the fear is with Prescott. He just won't have to throw much. And the Texans are fifth best against quarterbacks, but yeah, give me the passing game thoughts there.
3: I mean, I I think, you know, barring some big plays, you know, it's probably going to be around a, a low 200 yard day for him. Um, Probably a couple of touchdowns, not an, uh, a turnover to worry about unless he makes a bad mistake. But, you know, a 202 type of game is certainly within the offering here because, like you said, he's probably not going to have to do very much. So it's it's a little concerning, you know, if you're counting on Dak to win your week. Now, granted, there's always the ability for them to just say we're going to do what we want to because they can. And I, I, I think we've said this time and time again, the Texans' pass defense, while the numbers are great, I think it's somewhat overrated. So – you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily run from Dak Prescott and, and go to pick up somebody in waiver wire. If you have the ability to get golf still, that might not be a bad pivot play just if you need to maximize your points. But uh, I'm not starting, you know, Huntley over him. I'm not starting Purdy over him. I'm not starting those type of guys over Dak Prescott by any stretch. So I, I think Dak's a low-end starter. Uh, CD Lamb, you're going to start just based on what his upside always is. Um, is more of a desperation number three receiver and, and Schultz is a tight end with a pulse. So, you know, that could be the, the other touchdown that he gets. So, you know, I, I think it's just, it's just not a, not a big ceiling coming for Dak Prescott because it does feel like a game where both Zeke and Pollard can get 200 yards if they wanted to.
0: Yeah. I said fifth best, uh, the Texans are actually third best against quarterbacks. And I think you saw Like, I remember this setup going into the dolphins game, right? It was like, well. Is Tua going to be good? Tua ended up scoring only 17 fantasy points, but he uh, he shredded them, and then he left. uh, You with know, two, with a quarter. But it, it's also
3: right. it's also like what happened. You know, it's two weeks in a row now where there's uh, <clears throat> a defensive score. Last week there was three. You know, mm-hmm. non offensive scores. Right. You know, and those the those are the things that are leading to these blowouts, and leading to their offense is not having to do very much. Like you you could if you really wanted to be creative, and try to take a shot at the million. Play Cooper Rush and see what happens you know because he may come in in the second half and have some numbers in this game you know that's the that's the that's the algorithm to uh to to find a way to win some of these
2: tournaments <laughs> is it Cooper Rush or is it Malik Davis it could be Malik Davis too yeah it's a good call yeah could be him too um the the first thought i had was is there anything the cowboys need to work on offensively something that they want to get better at is there a player that they want to get going in the right direction and uh has got some playing great Gallup just had a two-touchdown game. Schultz has been good. I'm thinking the only thing that they might want to work on if he's active is Tyron Smith getting back into the swing of things that left tackle. And I don't know how much they want to put him out there. So this could end up very much being like that Dolphins game, like you said, Adam.
0: Yeah, I think the good news for Prescott is that he's producing basically on a weekly basis with 30 or fewer pass attempts. He's come back. He's played six games. The Cowboys are averaging 35 points per game without the defensive touchdowns. That's just their offensive production. And they're basically the best offense in football since they've come back. And he's thrown 30 or fewer passes in five of those six games. He's just been remarkably efficient. Um, So somebody asked us in the chat, who would you start over, Dak Prescott? So uh, Goff and Cousins? Yes, 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 yes. It's kind of the obvious names. It's like Tua, other than those guys. Goff and Cousins, Tua, Herbert... And then, obviously, Mahomes and Allen Gino. and Geno Smith, yeah. But then after that, guys like like Derek Carr was behind him, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, etc. Dak is ahead of those guys. All right, Pollard and Zeke, you know, with all the heebie-jeebies uh, that we're getting at running back this week, are you getting them at all with these guys?
2: Oh, we love these guys. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm like fired up. They're, the
3: they're both top 12 for me. Yep.
0: Okay. CD
3: Lamb, yep. overpowered and non-PPR. Uh,
0: Michael Gallup or Mike Evans.
3: Evans, uh, Evans. See the what Dave was talking about. The only thing that stands out there is you noticed a, a, a significant better production, significant uptick in production for Gallup for the last two games. Maybe just you know coinciding with the Odell Beckham rumors, uh-huh. um, you know. So uh, spike in targets the last two weeks, finding the end zone twice last week. You know, I, I'm sure they're all saying the right things about Beckham, but I wonder if there was a private conversation between Gallup and, and Dak saying, you know what, even if he comes, you're still my guy. Uh, you know, you're still the number two receiver on this team. And and I'm going to make sure everybody knows that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe another end zone target or two for him.
0: Yeah, and honestly, it's also coinciding with the with Chris Godwin getting good, and they both tore their ACLs around the same time, I'd say. So it could just be a health thing for, for Michael sure. Gallup. So encouraging stuff there. He is uh, 79% rostered, so you can't really stash him. But he's a number three, maybe even number four wide receiver. It's just, first of all, it, there's only, they allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to receivers, Houston, and then obviously all the things we talked about with Prescott. Okay, yep. uh, Dalton Schultz is top five in both formats. He's got three straight games with 22 to 33 yards, but he is the preferred end zone target. Six end zone targets in seven games with Dak Prescott. That's huge. Uh, I, there's not much else to say there. <laughs> you guys said you'd start Hawkinson over him. Would you, you wouldn't start Hunter Henry over Dalton Schultz, right? No, Schultz no. is for me. Schultz or Kittle? Yep. Kittle. Okay, all right, but they're close. And the Dallas DST is about 15th this week. LOL, they're first. Okay, Philadelphia at the Giants. Stat of the game. The Eagles have allowed more than 69 receiving yards to only five receivers all year. Two of them were the same guy, Terry McLaurin. Um, and that's despite 16 wide receivers having seven or more targets. So I know you guys don't love Darius Slayton, but he's playing pretty well lately, and I think the, I think the Giants are going to have to throw a lot. I don't understand the spread at all. I don't know how it started as a five-and-a-half point spread, got bet up to seven. That's where I saw it last. I mean, this feels like a 15-point a game to me. I, I don't know how you guys feel. But I do think a lot of Daniel Jones' pass attempts are coming. So Slayton is one of the only tough calls in this game. Uh, Jamie, how do you feel about it? I know we asked Slayton earlier, but give me your thoughts, your updated thoughts.
3: I mean, just first on the on the game, you know, let's give the Giants some credit. Despite the fact that things have been falling apart, they they hang around. That's Brian Dable, that's Wink Martindale. You know, their defense has found a way to stay competitive, and certainly their offense has done a, a good job. So I I don't know if they're going to get blown out um they suck but you know this this feels like a a game where the Eagles should be able to do whatever they want to offensively um Giants I think you know you're starting Barkley and that's it
0: and Barkley he gives me the heebie-jeebies he is just being saved by touchdowns the Eagles run defense has been a lot better over the last three or four games Barkley it doesn't matter who he's facing he's running the ball like crap I can't sit here and say it's his fault I don't know I just know that it's it's happening again. He is extremely inefficient. I love the fact that he's getting a lot of targets lately. They've been losing games, and he's getting, you know, like f- five, six, seven targets in these losses lately. So that should save you there. Um, yeah, I, I guess. And Jones
3: that, is running. I mean, look, 71 yards rushing last week, you know, so he's going to probably use his legs in this matchup too.
0: Guess where Daniel Jones ranks per game in four-point and six-point for passing touchdown leagues this year.
3: Four-point, I would say Eleven. Twelve. Six Six-point, Six probably seventeen.
0: 14th. Surprising. All right, mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball, Dave, Hurts, start. Brown, start. Stole, sit. <laughs> Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders. Like them, love them, got to have them. Got to have them.
2: Sanders especially, especially if there's no Leonard Williams in the middle for that defense for the Giants and Adore Jackson continuing to be out. That's a problem for New York and there's just there's too much upside there for Devontae Smith. I felt I felt the crunch at wide receiver with six teams on by when it came to ranking him and he's on the good side of my top 24 because of it.
0: I the Giants secondary look they do usually hang around but they're just so banged up right now and they just I mean, yeah, they, they their secondary is depleted. It's really bad. It's a great matchup. And their run defense stinks anyway. And now Leonard Williams is probably out for this game. So I will say in half PPR, Miles Sanders is going to outscore Saquon Barkley. Bam.
3: Ooh. Yeah. What about Boston Scott, the giant killer? The giant
0: killer every freaking game. I, uh, I probably not, but that would be hilarious if that happened.
3: Well, I mean, if you're counting on a blowout, Boston Scott probably scores because that means he's playing late
0: again. Yeah, you know, look, I think the Titans are a better team than the Giants. And even though the Giants beat them in week 1, and what the Eagles did last week to the Titans, I mean, the Eagles were struggling a little bit, right? They lost to the they lost to the Commanders, they won by one point against the Colts. They weren't even all that convincing in that Thursday game against the Texans. But if they play like they played last week, it's going to be a runaway. And this is not me hating on the Giants. I just I think the Eagles are fantastic. I don't know, you know, they're just they're just phenomenal. All right. That's it for this game. Uh Eagles DST as they start. Last game, Carolina at Seattle. Stat of the game. Oof. The Seahawks I have just, a what happened?
2: I just found an ugly stat on Saquon. Go ahead. I'm listening. He's thirty fourth among qualifying running backs. These are running backs with at least hundred rushes. In percentage of runs, five or more yards this year.
0: How many running backs? Uh, 34th out of
2: 38. He is ahead of McCaffrey, Derek Henry, James Robinson, and Kenneth Walker.
0: That's weird, weird names. Well, so yeah, because there are some, uh, and I've been looking at these types of things and I find some running back profiles and two guys that come to mind are Ken Walker and Travis Etienne. And these are guys that have a lot of carries for less than five yards or zero or negative yards, but also a lot of explosive carries. And it's fine to be that kind of guy. But the problem for Barkley is the explosiveness is just not there right now. Or I sh- I shouldn't say the explosiveness is not there. I'm sure he still has it. We haven't seen it. Right. It We haven't
2: seen he's, it. He's 13th in explosive play rate. Those are runs of 12 or more yards. Kenneth Walker is second. With right. 13%. But
0: if you look at Barkley and you go his last like four or five games, I bet he's not even close to that. I bet he's... You know, let me tell you, yeah, you're going to have to lower the threshold. For it's not going to be hundred carries, but yes, you can tell me where he is. Because I think that's dropped off quite a bit. Um, while you do that, Carolina is at Seattle and uh, the Seahawks have allowed 13.6 or more PPR fantasy points to six wide receivers in their last four games. Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Mac Hollins, and Devante Adams it's interesting Jamie. They do pretty well against stud wide receivers, especially the ones that line up at Tariq Woolen's side a lot, like like DeVonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. They did a really good job against them. Um they, you know, but they struggled against like Julio Jones and Mac Collins and Rondale Moore. So you already talked about uh, DJ Moore. You think he could be what like in the 13ish point range?
3: I think so. You know, I I think it's a matter of how many targets he's going to see. You know, so if they're running the ball with success and you can run on Seattle, that's certainly been proven. Um, so if they're running the ball with success, then I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for them to get those targets because they'll stay in the game with their backfield. But if they are chasing points, which you could see happening here because their secondary is a mess and the Seattle passing game is certainly very formidable. Um, then I think it could be a little bit of a, a boost for Sam Darnold throwing and, and DJ Moore being the primary beneficiary of that so i think he's on the cusp of a number two number three receiver you know similar in 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 the same type of range like a mike evans uh like a debo samuel uh like gabe davis do just you know guys you have question marks on but you know certainly you can see the upside and so if you've been starting dj more then i think you just continue to roll with him if you've been sitting dj more and you have better options it's easy to get away from him because you've seen the majority of the season so i don't think sam donald is just the the complete answer but clearly of the last two seasons which quarterback has he been the best with it's been sam donald
0: do uh, you have your updated stat, Dave?
3: Yeah, uh, it's really not that different from
2: season long. Past four games, his five yard rate, just to simplify it, is twenty seven point eight percent. That is twenty sixth out of twenty eight qualifiers. Qualifiers being fifty rushes or more in the last five
0: weeks. So it's okay. pretty low. Well, wait, no, I meant the twelve, per, the, the explosive rate, the twelve carry, twelve yard carries.
2: He's actually eighth there, seven point six. Really.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder not... what that's like with with Neil and Feliciano. Uh
0: well Neil's only played one of those games I, but I okay, right. I, I can guarantee you, I mean I know for a fact that the long runs have not been there, right? The breakaway runs, the 25 to 30 to 50. No.
2: Right, the the appeal great. with Saquon is that he's an every down back. Yeah. 20 touch potential, goal line potential. Yep, yep. Scores yeah. a lot. The efficiency could be better.
0: Now, in this weird running back week, how do you feel about Deontay Foreman? Assuming he plays, is he just an easy call?
3: I think, I think so. Well, I mean, you look at his numbers since McCaffrey's been traded; it's been pretty fantastic. You know, four of seven games over 100 yards rushing. Um, it's it's been you know nice to see that they've they've used him this way. You'd like to see a little bit more work in the passing game, but that's probably not going to happen. So Seattle's been atrocious. Yeah, in the last three weeks it's just been absolutely abysmal. More, most of that was Josh Jacobs, but. Um, sure. Still, there's there's a lot to like about where this team is at. I mean, giving up two rushing touchdowns and 61 yards rushing to Cam Akers, Akers
2: last, week. last week. Right. They actually did a better job against Akers after the first
3: quarter. And then you look but at what the two, two Panthers guys did against the Broncos the last time they played, They, you know, 180 yards rushing for those two guys. Yeah.
0: yeah as long as they're yeah. competitive, he's going to get a ton of carries. Is I think this- so.
2: I think he's gone over 110 yards each time he's had 15 carries. This right, year. he's
0: just had these two terrible games. One was against the Ravens. One was that Bengals game where they were trailing 35 nothing at halftime. Right. That might have been the one I was thinking of, the 35 nothing at halftime thing. Um, so you have to accept the downside, but bottom line is he's he's had six games without McCaffrey. He's over 113 rushing yards in four of them. That's incredible. Um, all right, Seattle, we love Geno Smith. Very few quarterbacks were starting over him this week. Would you start Geno Smith or Josh Allen?
2: I was asked that on a radio show and one of the the hosts said, oh, that's such a dumb question because they think it's obvious that Allen's the answer. I'm not sure that that's so obvious anymore. Gino, I have, I have Alan one spot higher, but I'm, I can't sit here and say, I'm going to keep it that way through Friday and Saturday. I might move Gino ahead. Alan.
0: And Dave, you have two ahead of Gino. Jamie, you have Gino one spot ahead of Tua, but he's Gino is top six for everyone. Start him, start Metcalf and lock it. If Ken Walker plays, Jamie, where do you think you'd settle on Ken Walker?
3: I would settle on Ken Walker as top 15. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you got to be a little bit concerned that he's not 100%. You know, give the Panthers run defense credit. You know, they've, they've been pretty good all season long, you know, so... I think, you know, you take out the mixing game and it looks a lot different um, from the, the season-long numbers. So Walker, right, you know, right. and th- this kind of goes back to whoever the running back is for Seattle, which is why I think the one in the passing game matters more. They've struggled to run the ball, you know, know? And, and that's kind of saved Walker a little bit his work in the passing game. You know, the fact that he's found the end zone. I mean, you go right. back to prior to last week, he, he had not been good. You know, you've mentioned this a lot, Adam, that he's been struggling, you know, just to run the ball. And, and that speaks, I think, to the team. But Walker, I think if he's there, you trust him. If it's not Walker, then, again, I'll lean more toward Homer because I think that's his best asset.
2: And it is. I think it's a pretty favorable matchup, all things considered. And, yes, the mix game is included in this, but the past five games, 5.4 yards per carry allowed, four rushing touchdowns allowed to running backs. So Carolina's run defense is, is vulnerable.
0: Yeah, they're kind of a hit-or-miss defense, actually. And um, they've been worse in the passing game, worse uh, pass defense since they lost their top cornerback a few weeks ago. Dante Jackson. So that should favor Metcalf and Lockett. You know, uh, Noah Fant, we don't. Oh, wait. Sorry. Last question on Walker. If Walker plays and Foreman plays, which running back would you rather have? Foreman. Foreman. Noah Fant, we don't talk about too much, but if we're expecting more pass attempts. Walker and PBR. If we're expecting more um, pass attempts for Geno Smith. Do you think Noah Fan, he's third on the team in targets, do you think he benefits from this and actually becomes someone that we could stream?
3: I think it's a little bit uh better, easier to trust him if Will Disley doesn't play too. He's dealing with a calf injury. Yeah. So um yeah, I think fans in, in play here. Uh, it's not it's not horrendous um to uh to, to say he can be in that group of uh you know Evan Ingram and uh Jordan Akins and you know, Okonkwo and, and these guys that you could see a path to success, but you could also see some, some significant pitfalls because of how they've played the majority of the season. So, you know, low-end starter, sure. You know, if you're desperate, I, I think it's not a bad pivot play. If
2: you're playing the fantasy points game, Carolina's only allowed three tight ends to get more than eight and a half half PPR points against them all year.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that so that's sense. a it's a strike against.
2: I, I'm Steve right. You're starting fan PPR hoping for 8 points, not 11.
0: Well, that's going to do it for today's show. I'm going to play us out with some some new outro music. We're out of here for today everybody. <laughs> Dave has gotten too smart for us. You want to No, injury? you screwed up. Uh, he w- it was I don't think it was going to work. But you're right. I didn't do it right. If
3: you if you did it the way I told you to do it, we would have got
0: it. I don't What think was so. the way
2: to do it? Hold on. I want to know this.
3: I said then you can't go right to the game if we get into an argument. You have to at least let me go for a little bit. You guys get talking. You got to let Dave feel more comfortable that he's just tailing the show because we really got in a fight, and I'm not coming back.
2: Well, I, I don't understand why he's yelling at you to look at the camera when for the last four years you haven't looked at the camera. <laughs> well, like, why is this a thing now?
0: Okay, maybe. I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I don't know. All right. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. So anyway. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll go out on this. Uh. Mailbag. Injury updates. Back. What, buddy? What would you say? Two o'clock. Two o'clock mailbag. Why did I just call Jamie Buddy? That was weird. A strange ending to a strange show, and we'll talk to you Not on the mailbag. Buddy. And uh, goodbye. I just need to end this fun. Later.